Welcome to the Grad Student Coach Podcast. This is Jed Irvin. I want you to imagine that I had an amazing dream last night. It may have gone like this. Somehow, I had accidentally enrolled in grad school and was showing up for the first day. My advisor greeted me and then invited me to walk. We left the office finding ourselves walking down a long red ochre corridor. The carpet's piles slowly became thicker as we walked past 31 doors until by the time we reached the 32nd door, we were crawling to get through it. Finally, we opened the door mark 32 and went through. It was a small room. The air smelled a mixture of issues and freshly cut wood. There were two seats. The one with the advisor's name on the back looked like it used to be comfortable, but the padding was worn out. The one with my name on it was stark and simple, wood with no padding. Around the pair of seats wrapped a wide, smooth surface punctuated by many small switches and knobs, each one with a tiny label. It seemed to be like a cockpit of some kind. The advisor invited me to sit, and as I did, the labels on the switches came into focus. Some in front of my seat had labels like, need more of their time, anxiety loop, got it in under the wire, another was marked, afraid to ask the question. Some on the advisor's side said things like, mystified by what they are delivering, how often to ask questions, another read, Another excellent job on a paper. Some switches were in reach of both seats. Disappointment. Frustration. What will they think? Schedule stress. Another week of work lost. The advisor said, This is how our journey together will play out. Let's set the switches and knobs how we want it to go. We then systematically looked at each control, agreed on whether having that switch on or off would be best, and where each dial should be set, and set them accordingly. Then at the same time, we instinctively both pressed the button marked go. The room slowly accelerated and was moving at a great clip, the landscape outside streaming by suddenly the cockpit lurched around and we slowed way down. I saw some flashing lights among the switches and knobs and realized I had missed a few. I reached forward, flipped them the other way, and we were off again. Then the alarm went off and I woke up. Or so you may have imagined. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was such a dashboard? A dashboard where we could simply flip a switch or turn a knob and make a problem go away or make some future problem not happen? In fact, some of you use this dashboard already without even thinking of it that way. By now, you may have guessed from the title that where I am aiming is into expectation management. In the prior episode, we talked about the entrepreneur-employee line, which translates loosely into How much does a student rely on themselves versus the advisor? 
Let's dive deeper into this. Imagine this line is very thick, but when we zoom in, we see it's actually a whole bunch of thinner parallel lines. We zoom farther in, and they come more into focus. Each of these lines can be considered a facet of the relationship, or a facet is some sort of characteristic of the relationship. And each facet can be thought of as a switch or a dial with its own setting. For example, let's look at the question of how long should a student stay stuck before asking the advisor for help? Should it be one day, two days, four days? Well, the advisor might have a dial setting of, say, two days. But the student might be thinking that the dial setting should be one day. When the dial setting is different, we can think of this facet as being miscalibrated. It's a gear that will grind. And with enough of these grinding, there can be a prolonged era of headwind in a collaboration relationship when it's starting out. There will be repeatedly unmet expectations, mutual disappointments, and this can be very kind of slow to figure out what's going on and even more difficult to correct. The solution to the staying stuck for how long miscalibration situation is to calibrate it. And how this is done is for there to be a conversation about it. Having that conversation is flipping the switch or setting the dial on the dashboard from expecting different things to expecting the same thing on that issue. It is in fact the case that many of the problems that arise in a collaboration are from miscalibrated expectations. Having the issue on the table for discussion will expose whether or not there is a miscalibration, and if so, allow for coming to an agreement. But what happens if you do have a conversation, but the conversation winds up being of poor quality, and there's a misunderstanding? Well, it can be even more frustrating because both collaborators thought they were on the same page because they talked it through. These degraded conversations can result in the relationship's initial arc being brought into a state of needing repair because of all the headwind and drag that's come into play. Degraded conversations, I'll be covering that in a later episode. Here we're going to look at causes of missing conversations, conversations that don't happen for some reason or another. So what causes conversations to not happen? Well, uh, you might realize that there's a need to have a conversation about something, but you might have some fear or discomfort about having it. Or you might not realize there's a need for a conversation because you have a firm assumption in place that hides this fact from you. You might have a conversation but there might be some unsurfaced follow-up questions. Like if your traction in the topic isn't deep enough for you to instantly realize that there needs to be a follow-up question. The next question is, what causes these fears, these assumptions? Well, there's a few factors. A big one is culture. Questions that are not okay to ask in one culture may be fine in another. For example, one student told me that he was not asking his advisor certain questions as this would have been an insult in his native culture. Another example was I had a student who didn't want to bother their advisor too often out of respect, 
and the advisor thought that the student was just not engaged with the work. So a great example of miscalibration there. Another cause can be life experience. Uh, you just don't realize that certain issues will arise. Uh, differing amounts of experience often set up expectations that won't match. There can be personality issues. A less confident person might be less likely to raise issues. A more outgoing person might be more likely to engage in certain ways. Self-image is another factor. If a person is bought into a story that they are not worthy in some way, that can be kept as a secret they will carry, and this can cause a constant fear that others might find out that secret about them. This puts them into a position of fear that asking certain questions might let that secret out. So what do we do about this? Well, a student can be in one of two situations. They might be just starting out in a brand new collaboration, uh, just starting out their grad studies, or they might have been in it for a while and started to have some issues. So first we're gonna talk about the just starting out. So the ideal situation would be at the start of a collaboration that you surface every potential cause of headwind and drag as an issue for discussion up front. Some examples of this might be uh, these questions. If the work becomes overwhelming and the student needs emotional support, how comfortable would the advisor be with providing that? Another is how many questions between meetings uh, before it becomes irritating? Should the student bring results to meetings that are raw data, partially synthesized, fully synthesized? What does this mean specifically? How many papers should the student be reading each week? What is the professor's attitude about mistakes? Are they an expected part of learning or something to be avoided? Each of these represents facets of the collaboration relationship, and each maps to a question that can be asked and discussed. And each of these questions becomes a switch or a dial on that dashboard I forced you to imagine I dreamed about. I've begun compiling a list of every question that, when not asked, has caused a problem in a student-advisor collaboration that I've witnessed. I call this the expectation dashboard. And I'm making it available in all subscription tiers over at my Patreon page at patreon.com slash gradstudentcoach. I'll be adding to this list any questions I can think of that could cause issues if not asked, plus I will add any new issues that students or advisors bring to my attention. The idea is that if the student and advisor discuss each question, it will first expose otherwise unquestioned assumptions. Two, it will allow both to see where all the knob settings of the relationship are or where each thinks they are. And three, firmly get on the same page from the beginning by making sure that all those knobs are set in the same way. But the expectation dashboard not only allows for calibration of expectations, it also is an opportunity to increase what I will call the connection surface. So those of you who have any understanding of cybersecurity may have heard the expression attack surface. So in a, the attack surface of a system is how many points of vulnerability there are 
where some intruder can connect in and do something malicious. I've repurposed that concept into the domain of relationships, where the connection surface is all the points that two people could connect over. So all the different conversations they might have that might bring them closer. So since the expectation dashboard has a whole bunch of questions that each speaks to a particular facet of the relationship, behind each collaborator's sense of where the dial setting should be sits a humanizing story. For example, if an advisor thinks that the student should be more or less on their own and just struggle through every bit of learning hump that there is, this might be because that was the advisor's experience when they were going through grad school. And talking to this question is an opportunity for them to say what that was like. Similarly, for the student, if they're very apprehensive about being on their own so much, they can speak to why they have that fear. Perhaps they were in a situation before where things didn't go well so that they've learned they really need to have more support. So the more of each other's stories we know, the more connected we feel. The more connected the student and advisor feel, the more comfortable they are communicating at depth. So mismatched expectations, missing information, and unknowns are really fertilizer in your garden of headwind and drag. And so the expectation management checklist helps address all three. Uh, the dashboard is growing into a long list of questions, so you'll need to decide with the advisor whether to go through the whole list in one sitting or break it up across multiple meetings. So the mechanics of going through the dashboard with your advisor go something like this. Uh, you go to each question, you say it out loud, and you find out if their expectations are different than yours. If they are different, you first explain why you had hoped for a particular answer and then ask them for some backstory around their answer. And then the conversation becomes how to get on the same page uh, for that issue. Some of them might be easy to adjust. For example, how long are one-on-one -on -one meetings? Maybe you thought they were gonna be an hour and a half and they're gonna be an hour. Others may be more impactful and distressing, like, well, the advisor is only having one hour a week to focus on me and I thought I'd get about six. So depending on on how, on how the nature of these differences, uh, more or less discussion and brainstorming about how to deal with them are warranted. It's pretty typical for a student to want more help than an advisor has time to give. This can cause the student to have wait states where they're stuck waiting for information from the advisor. And by way of example, you can reduce the risk of this by, for example, having two or more parallel tasks that you're working on. Then if you get stuck on one and you can't check in with your advisor, you can just simply move to the other one and not uh, suffer any, any stoppage. Now I'll mention uh, if you're in the situation where you haven't chosen an advisor yet, uh, using the dashboard might be a great way to find one that is most calibrated to you already. What if you're already on the journey? You've, you've been working with the advisor for some time. Uh, you can still do the exact same exercise, 
but frame it as a sanity check on assumptions, or certain issues can be brought up as needed. If you're uncomfortable bringing up certain issues out of the blue, you can just leverage the existence of this checklist. You could say like, well, I got this new tool. It's a checklist for how to do better as a grad student, and I'd like to go through this checklist with you just to, because uh, I think it'd be helpful if we could touch on it just to make sure we're on the same page. Or it is possible to bring individual questions up out of the blue if you have some craftsmanship on how to express the question. So let's say you've been carrying around a lot of anxiety about how often you are asking questions and you're concerned that you might be getting irritating to the advisor. Uh, you could bring this up like this way. You could say, uh, given that you're so busy, there are times when I've been reluctant to ask you questions because I didn't want to bother you. So there have been times when I've been spinning my wheels. I want to check in with you just to make sure we're on the same page on how long I should stay stuck before asking for your help. Or similarly, let's say your advisor is glacially slow in answering your communications, like email questions or Discord posts or whatever. Rather than asking, do you even remember I exist? You could instead say, I'm wondering if my expectations about how quickly you can answer my questions is too high. Is there something special going on that's making that slower than usual, or is this what I should expect going forward? And if they respond with, yes, expect at least two and a half days, you can follow with, uh, what are some ways I can most effectively use my time while waiting for that answer? Uh, other tasks I can work on, or are there papers I should read? Or perhaps communicating over a different medium would be more efficient or easier for the advisor to deal with. My belief is that any collaboration problem can be helped, if not fixed, by a well-crafted conversation that better aligns expectations. And having the expectation dashboard as an instrument provides a context for asking them. But if you don't feel moved to join me over at my Patreon page, but you have questions that you've always been afraid to ask your advisor, you can use this concept and build a dashboard of your own. For example, let's say there are five points of frustration that have built up in your relationship. You can come up with a question that constructively captures each frustration. The example mentioned before as the alternative to do you even remember I exist is, is an example of how to do this. I'll actually have an entire episode later on how to constructively engage around problems, where by constructive, I mean that the engagement builds rather than impairs the relationship. So let's review. Assumptions can differ, especially for cultural reasons, but other reasons as well. Explicit conversations need to happen to detect those and sort them out. If you wait, the relationship can be damaged if done up front, that damage can be prevented and the headwind and drag greatly reduced. Imagine the collaboration relationship as having a whole bunch of switches and knobs where each controls one aspect of the relationship. The goal is to have both you and your advisor know how those knobs and switches are set rather than each having your own private settings, which leads to miscalibration and grinding of the gears. 
The expectation dashboard is designed to be a way for you to be able to comfortably put all these issues on the table because getting them on the table is often the most confounding step. And then once they're on the table, you'll know where you stand on every issue. If you ever find yourself being unsure about what the advisor would want you to do, or if the advisor is ever mystified by your behavior, that means a conversation was missed. And an important point to make is expectations will shift over time, so the dashboard provides a way to speak to that in a more formalized way and to remember to even reset the expectations when they do need to shift. No collaboration is ever perfect, and I'm not suggesting that the expectation dashboard is going to bring you into the territory of perfection because life is just too complicated and it can be very difficult to always stay on the same page. And this is because expectations shift, but even if you get them all aligned, that doesn't mean that you're always gonna meet those expectations, and it doesn't mean that the advisor will always meet them either. But always being confident and comfortable in bringing up these issues rather than letting them fester due to some fear or apprehension, this can minimize the impact. The dashboard provides a handhold for both collaborators to start a conversation when expectations aren't being met. So either go over to my Patreon page and sign up and get your hands on the dashboard or roll your own. Uh, but whichever of those you choose to do, I'm hoping it makes for a smoother sale. All right, that's it for this time. Signing off with peace and love from Pleasant Dashboard Dream Studios. See you next time on The Grad Student Coach. To help me keep this podcast going, you can support it at patreon.com slash gradstudentcoach. There you can access additional resources and join the community to help guide content of future podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at GradStudyCoach.